Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Now, do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you. And the truth shall set you free. And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. We offer you the bond a family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. Hey, what up? And welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley. And today we are discussing A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place 1 or A Quiet Place 2? A Quiet Place 1 in anticipation of Quiet Place 2, should it ever be released in the current climate. Is that this is an outbreak, but is this movie kind of fitting thematically for what we're do, what we're going through right now? It kind of is. I did rewatch it in the coronavirus context and it was a little close to home. You didn't I mean we could all stand to be a little bit quieter. <laughs> so for those who don't know, A Quiet Place 2 was slated to be released a couple of weeks ago and uh, hasn't been. They're holding off at the time. I thought that it was a little bit of an unnecessary delay, but uh, they were right. They foresaw what I did not, which well, is that all the theaters would close. It wasn't just going to harm the box office. The box office is non-existent. Uh, I think I saw that there was a New York premiere. Like, it it did premiere, but it's not being theatrically released. Yeah, it was just ahead. It was kind of a last-minute decision. I had many, many advance tickets in place, and ultimately all of those were refunded. Oh, interesting. You'd think that if the movie was finished enough that it would premiere. I mean, I get it that John Krasinski wants to have that communal experience, the community experience of bowing it out theatrically. But given the circumstances, you'd think that they'd release it digitally. I mean, people are clamoring for more content. They're holed up and binging. Do you think it's con- you think content-wise they're holding it back because it's like not the popcorn escapist fare that people are looking for right now? I don't know. Uh, It seems like it would tie in thematically, like we said, but I'm pretty happy with the decision to delay. I like the theater experience whenever possible. I suggest that everybody see movies in theaters. And as long as it wasn't going to be available, hopefully when when we get back on our feet, I'll be able to see it again in IMAX. There's just no, for event movies, I don't know that this qualifies, but in general, uh, much more immersive, I feel, when you're in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, there really is nothing to replace that experience. Although our um, projector screen gets pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah, yeah, you got that massive TV. 
So we revisited A Quiet Place from 2018 in anticipation of A Quiet Place 2. It's its own kind of movie. Obviously, there's a difference between monsters, aliens, and uh, the unseen enemy of coronavirus. Right. When they were, when the family goes to the pharmacy in the opening scene, and they're kind of tiptoeing around, and I remember the first time I saw it, it was very Walking Dead-like to me. And then this time I saw it, it felt like just a little bit more ominous, like seeing the shelves bare and the store empty. That was a little close to home. Yeah. Nobody seems to be talking about a quiet place when they throw up all the contagion outbreak pandemic pandemic type movies on Netflix. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. It's a nice one to, to review uh, a little bit new to, to qualify as a favorite, but we were anticipating doing this for a bit uh, in preparation, as you said, for a quiet place, too. And here we are. So a quiet place sort of came out of nowhere. Maybe it has a little bit more context now, but this was a movie that John Krasinski was working on in secret. He directed it, he wrote it, he starred in it, along with Emily Blunt, who he convinced to be in it. Didn't have to convince her so much. Uh, He wrote the part and gave it to her, hoping that she would recommend someone uh, to play the role. And she read it and said, no one can do this but me. I have to do it. So he was kind of terrified working with his wife, and directing her, specifically performing the the lines he had written. So that's an interesting dynamic. He had written with a team. There was like two or three other writers? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's a part of it, and and no one really expected this necessarily of John Krasinski, particularly because he didn't like horror movies. He said he wasn't a horror movie fan until he actually made a horror movie. That's interesting to think about this as a horror movie. I guess it totally is. Well, that's the question. Uh, that gives me an innate level of distrust just because I, if you haven't written a horror movie before, and particularly if you don't watch them, how effective would you be at making one for the first time, given that he's a first-time director for a feature film like this? Does it qualify as a horror movie to you? Let's bear in mind that A Quiet Place is rated PG-13. It's a thriller. It's thrilling. There are jump-out-of-your-seat moments. Yeah, unseen enemy, the unseen em- enemy or or monster. I guess it totally is. It's like an alien or monster invasion. They've taken over the world by the time the story starts, and they're literally tiptoeing around to survive. Yeah, it's a horror movie. So John, had did John Krasinski do Jack Ryan before or after A Quiet Place? Well, he was probably in production for Jack Ryan or had agreed, but it was not released until after A Quiet Place, so I don't know for sure. Because he's like action comedy guy, and then suddenly he comes out of left field with a horror film, like kind of a la Jordan Peele. Was he an action guy? I mean, The only thing I ever knew John Krasinski from was The Office. That was really all I knew him for, uh, comedy guy. And uh, then he got all ripped for Jack Ryan. So um, A Quiet Place, to me, felt like a gimmick. At its core, the gimmick is sort of like signs, right? You've got the aliens, and they have one profound weakness. Actually, not a weakness. It it ended up being a weakness, obviously, but their sort of strength, I guess, is the ability for ultra-hearing. And so the the, the entire world has to compensate in order to avoid being eaten. So was A Quiet Place predictable in that the aliens had this strength, which is super hearing, and then, of course, ultimately that would be their downfall? Mm, 
I don't know that it was predictable. It might not have been the cleverest way. And I liked that the point wasn't to figure out the, he wasn't tinkering in his basement to figure out how to defeat the monsters. I mean, maybe that was on his radar, so to speak, but that wasn't his primary purpose in creating her hearing aid, which just so happened to create some kind of tone or signal that was debilitating to the monsters. Yeah, they, he was doing his own research. He had his whiteboard with all the theories and uh, every all the information and intel he could gather to try to figure out how to you know, manage, maybe not to defeat them, but certainly to stay alive. Yeah, to understand them. And signs, of course, spoiler, uh, also had a fortuitous sort of turn of events where they discovered what the weakness was of the aliens, but it wasn't orchestrated. I don't know if that constitutes a deus ex machina. So what I'm leading at, getting at, I guess, is, is whether or not A Quiet Place was an original type of horror movie. I felt like it was sort of entry-level horror, PG horror, for lack of a better term, in the same way that Signs was a scary movie and definitely had some terrifying moments, but uh, wasn't the level of horror to which I'm accustomed. It's sort of like, yeah, beginner horror, uh, like World War Z was a PG-13, at least in the theatrical cut, zombie movie. Uh, happens to be the most financially successful zombie movie of all time, and A Quiet Place on a limited budget from a, an, a relatively unknown filmmaker made huge money. Yeah. They tackled what they could within the limited budget they had and were, I felt like they had a story that was executable on their, what I presume was a, a micro budget. So I think the story was appropriate for a freshman film, I guess, a freshman horror film from John Krasinski. But I don't think that it's a, a a lesser film for it. In fact, I think it, there are there are a lot of much bigger films that are overly ambitious or try to achieve or cram in too much. This film, I think, knew what it was, and it and it succeeds at at that level. There are a lot of things that could prohibit the story from coming through. I mean, it's very it's basically dialogue lists, and yet they're able to convey the story with convincingly and with real horror. They didn't spend a whole bunch of money on VFX to create a, a, a monster beyond what they needed to at the end. Does the monster's head blow up? Yes, or at least its ears did. It seems like to be a whole head full of ears. Right. And I think all the all the eardrums ruptured. Yeah, it was like a it was like an amphitheater head or something like that. Because of the low budget and the way that it was kind of all hands on deck for a smaller movie, apparently John Krasinski was in the green suit acting out some of the, maybe not motion capture, but acting on screen uh, in a suit for, to you know, he was stand, the stand-in for the monster, hmm. which Emily Blunt thought was hilarious. I He's bet. all creeping around and, and all slinky, and that must have been pretty <laughs> stupid looking on set. But you can imagine what other movies of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of budget is basically the same thing. It's just a larger green screen, right, with a lot of actors hopping around in dumb suits. Yeah, there's probably, yeah. There are probably some excesses that aren't unnecessary and don't necessarily show up on the screen. And yeah, he probably would have had a, a, a motion actor or a movement actor or something in a green suit instead of having to don it himself. But that's kind of funny to think of. Yeah. So it seems like this was kind of a family made movie 
that was really effective and it really resonated with people. Kelly, who wasn't, who isn't big on the horror genre, was happy to see this one, was happy after it was over and was really looking forward to A Quiet Place too. And I think that I use her as a gauge, as a sort of testament to how effective this movie is. If it's effective without resorting to the horror tropes of blood and guts, uh, I can tell that from her. Wow, you were like so disaffected with movies that you can't even trust your own judgment anymore. Well, I definitely have judgment about this movie. Tell me. I didn't think the Qu A Quiet Place was all that good. Really? I thought it was fine, fine for what it was. Uh, I didn't think that it was any fault of John Krasinski as a director. I felt like it was a fairly simple premise. Maybe not unoriginal, but certainly of a vein we've seen before. Uh, silence is seems like a, a a sort of gimmick that would have been employed a long time ago. Apparently it wasn't, but it definitely effective. And then it gets you to hold your breath unconsciously when the monsters are moving around and you're you yourself, you know, hopefully you're in a theater, but otherwise at home, you're just being quiet too. But nothing really stood out to me as being particularly noteworthy uh, or innovative. It was a fine creature movie and kind of a, a neat premise that didn't go much beyond that. Uh, getting all the way to the end, I felt that his sacrifice for his kids was wholly unnecessary and maybe could have been a little bit more effective if he had started banging pots and running down the road and dodging through the cornfields and then throwing stuff to misdirect, you know, the aliens from coming to get him. And don't just stand there until you get taken out. <laughs> like more Jurassic Park and less like sacrificial lamb. I mean, the setup that they had was definitely kind of aware as much as they could be of the circumstances that they were in. They had the lighting, the silent lighting set up. They had, you know, the, the cooler to put the baby in. They had as much as soundproofed uh, underground as their little bunker could possibly be. And then for him to employ none of the tricks in order to escape certain death was frustrating for me. I guess the gimmick kind of wore thin of them being quiet all the time and how the missteps or how the missteps would uh, would trip them up. I was a little bit surprised at how brutally the uh, the little boy was taken out initially. That seemed to set a tone. The idea that this movie has been done on, you know, thematically in just in slightly different ways. Uh, Bird Box was a blind place. And so 2021 um, will get a smell place, a smelly place. <laughs> A smelly yeah. place starring Billy Bob Thornton. That dude looks like he smells. <laughs> uh... So uh, definitely a few tense moments. Um, some clever stuff in that I was hoping that he would be able to figure this out and survive. So I felt like his sacrifice was noble and everything. And it definitely, obviously the point of the sacrifice was he came to a place for whatever reason he was able to communicate his affection for his kids uh, who may or may not have been sure they have strained people tend to have strained relationships in the apocalypse. But, uh, <laughs> but let's talk, it, let's talk about that because I think the daughter's role is really important and central to this story. She feels responsible for having given the, the younger son, the toy, his, I don't know, death, death toy or whatever. Cause the kid, cause the, <laughs> <laughs> cause he, he, he sounds it off and then the monsters get him, right? So then she goes into the spiral of guilt and it presumably strains her relationship with her father. 
and he she's also deaf so she makes way for the family to have the ability to learn i mean they know sign language presumably because of her because they have a deaf child and that helps them in the apocalypse where you can't speak and he's working on her on her hearing aid device um, which maybe they couldn't source or something you know prior to this all going down or and and the device ends up being the kryptonite for the monsters so and then also i think his sacrifice had something to do with, like you were saying, in part showing his children how much he loved them to the point that he would sacrifice his life to save them, as unnecessary as it might have been for him to have gone that far. But it, but it's all this to show that this, the daughter is a, is a super, super central character. As I imagine, she will be in A Quiet Place too. Millicent Simmons, uh, you know, hearing impaired in real life, definitely a central character. I agree with you. Um, maybe the most in- important figure in what is essentially a family drama in a horror backdrop, right? Mm-hmm. Her and her impairment, her hearing impairment does help to ratchet up the tension because oftentimes people hear things that she can't and it's really important for her to have that sense if there's any way that she can kind of combat these. She's, you know, basically the antithesis of these monsters because she can't hear at all. And they also use Emily Blunt's pregnancy to ratchet up the tension. And speaking of, if you want to talk about things that were wholly unnecessary, I mean, story-wise, could you really, is it really justifiable that in this time of crisis, this choose, this family would choose to have a baby? I mean, isn't that kind of the worst possible thing that you could do? Well, you know, we're facing down what they're going to call the, the coronials coming December, coming winter 2021. Because we're going to have a baby boom after all of this shut-in-ness? Yeah. When uh, people are all shut in and stuck and don't have anything to do, maybe that's what you do. And I think the idea is that, like I said, it's a family drama and that life, in whatever limited scope it possibly can, carries on. And these things don't change. The parent-child dynamics don't change. And in that respect, I think it was really effective. And how the ultimate redemption of the film was not whether or not they defeat the monsters, but whether or not they come back together as a family, except for when he dies and they never see him again. So you feel like that's kind of counteractive or that's kind of, if the intention was for the family to come together, the fact that he dies, it kind of defeats that purpose? Sometimes the the deaths are unnecessary. And if you sacrifice yourself for your child, which any parent I think would do, and certainly if it were necessary, he would have no qualms. It just didn't feel like in this case that it was entirely necessary. Yeah, no, he could have. It didn't seem like he was at the point that that was his only choice, right? Also, the, his guttural scream was kind of wimpy. He was like, oh, was pretty dorky. Uh, I mean, the, the monster had barely even attacked the car. I mean... Maybe it was different in Jurassic Park because Dr. Grant doesn't like the kids to begin with, but they let the kids get stomped on and dragged or drug, dragged through the mud. Thank you. He lets the kids get dragged through the mud before he even attempts to divert the dinosaur's attention. Yeah. So noble sacrifice, but... uh... You know, I was hoping that because they had the lighting system and so many things in place that they would have had noisemakers that they could have triggered remotely fireworks or something in different areas 
or just, you know, where they have strings attached to pots and pans over in this area of the compound or whatever, where if they had to make a quick escape or if something was closing in on them because they had the camera systems, they could have triggered a noisemaker somewhere else and escaped. But we'll see. What happens in a quiet place too? Because no one's, Emily Blunt wasn't doing all the research. Dad, Lee was doing all the research and now he's dead. You know who's going to survive coronavirus? You, because you're all thinking a quiet place style. So what are your um, life-saving mechanisms that you have in place right now? Snacks. Snacks are comfort food. They're calming. They're close at hand. Uh, You don't resort to desperation to head out to Chipotle or anything. So not only are you going to survive coronavirus, but you're going to be a victim of the coronavirus 10? (laughs) We'll see. By the time this is over, it could be the coronavirus 30. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on how long this thing goes. So, uh... Acting wise, I think Emily Blunt obviously is solid. I think she would have, she was a very, aside from being John Krasinski, director and writer's wife, certainly capable of this kind of role where I think she was effective. I thought he was fine. The strength of this movie, this movie's greatest strength is that John Krasinski figured it out. Never work on water, never work with kids, or maybe that's animals. Um, If you got to work with kids, make sure they don't say anything. And that's how you get really strong performances out of the Quiet Place kids. Yeah. They don't say anything, and they have got, they've got big wide eyes that look, can look scared. That's kind of what they did with them in Jurassic Park. I don't know why I'm com- comparing this so much to Jurassic Park. Anyway, I'm surprised that you didn't like this movie more. Maybe I thought you were being cagey or holding back because you were being cagey and holding back. You weren't coming out and saying that you didn't like this movie, which you kind of feel like it's. It kind of seems like you feel like it was only okay. Don't get me wrong. I liked A Quiet Place. I watched it. I've watched it since. But it just, it wasn't anything new to me. I thought it was a noteworthy effort for a non-horror director, uh, first-time director. I thought he did a really good job. I was excited about seeing A Quiet Place too. But that doesn't mean that A Quiet Place broke any real ground for me personally. I don't know that A Quiet Place stands in the pantheon of the great horror movies, which is sort of what I was hoping for. Did get really good reviews. But uh, it's a different movie. It's difficult for me to classify this as horror. Yeah, I think that I, I accept this movie for really for what it is. It was a freshman effort, and that it was kind of a family-made film. I wasn't looking at it in the context of the horror genre. I thought it was a small, well-executed, scary film that got at least three or four jumps out of me, and. Um, and there were some things that were that were utterly horrifying, like the idea of giving birth in the middle of a monster invasion in your home. I mean, those things were pretty, pretty intense. And I think it was well executed. I thought that A Quiet Place was a good movie. And I'm really looking forward to A Quiet Place, too. Yeah, I would give A Quiet Place a uh, an all right rating. Uh, it certainly wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't enough to push it over to be really legendary in my mind. So that was our review on A Quiet Place from 2018. We hope, John Krasinski, you will please release it digitally so that we can see A Quiet Place too sooner rather than later. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that sentiment. Hold on to it for right now. Give us something to look forward to after this whole craziness with coronavirus ends. And uh, then I can see it multiple times in IMAX as it was designed to be seen. All right. Well, let us know. What do you think? Should A Quiet Place 2 come out now 
or after the dust settles. 818-835-0473. Leave us a voicemail or email us at orwhatevermovies at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We love you, our patrons. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electric acid.